News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here. So if you haven't done your Christmas shopping yet, may I suggest you gather 70 or so of your closest friends, maybe some random acquaintances, and then just go raid a Barnes & Noble and uh, pick up uh, The Chief's Chief. It's the book by Mark Meadows, former congressman and the uh, the former chief of staff to President Trump. Uh, Mark, I guess I should call you. Welcome <laughs> to the show. How are you? I'm good, Pete. It's great to be back with you. And, and obviously, uh, uh, as you bring the truth uh, to the folks there at WBT, it's, uh, it's great to be back and talking to uh, an old friend, if I can say it that way, even though you, you are in the media, so you don't actually have friends. Exactly. Not a one. That's the whole point. Uh, so, no, for, so uh, Mark ran for Congress. His first year, I mean, I'm not saying it's simply coincidental, although it is totally coincidental, that you ran for Congress in 2012, happened to be the year that I got there, and uh, you beat a fellow by the name of Hayden Rogers, if I remember correctly. That was... That's correct. Yeah, That's Heath correct. Shuler's chief of... Or, yeah, his, Heath Shuler's chief of staff, who ran for the seat when Shuler did not uh, run for re-election, and then you won. And, uh, and, so that, and so you were the congressman for the district out there for all those years, and then... You went off and worked for the administration. You went to the executive branch. So, uh, and you picked a great time for it. What with the pandemic hitting, you had the riots <laughs> breaking out. You really, you timed it well. Uh, yeah, it, it was a tough. It was a tough year. I will say that it was a great honor to serve the 45th president of the United States. But being the chief of staff during uh, uh, what was probably one of the most difficult years uh, for our nation in recent history. Uh, was certainly a challenge. So you wrote this book called The Chief's Chief, uh, and was this is this essentially what documenting that year? Is that right? Yeah, it documents that year a little bit uh, before I went to be the chief of staff. Uh, some of the things and the parameters of of people uh, that uh, I served with in Congress. Obviously, Jim Jordan's mentioned in there. Uh, Speaker Paul Ryan, uh, to a lesser extent some of my other colleagues, but, but really it was designed to give, uh, bring all the uh, people into the Oval Office to, uh, to talk about some of the, the stories that are, have not been in the news, uh, and quite frankly, some of the ones that have been in the news, but written by people that actually were not in the room where it happened. And, uh, and so I correct the record on a few things, tell a few stories that uh, a lot of people have never heard, uh, and even one story that the, the president himself was not aware of that was happening behind the scenes uh, when he came down with COVID. What was? Can you tell us briefly what that is? <laughs> don't you don't have to give the spoilers away or anything? I yeah, mean, we well, people. not to give the spoilers yeah. away. It, it really uh, has to do with uh, the fact that he had been advocating very strongly for a therapeutic called Regeneron. He ended up being the the first uh, non-trial. Uh, patient to actually take that monoclonal antibody, but how he came to get it and and how it was actually administered to him is a story in the book that uh, I think uh, all the readers will find interesting, but certainly even the President of the United States, the 45th President of the United States would find interesting. What of, uh, how about, uh, you said you correct the record. You want to give yeah, an example yeah. of that? Yeah, I, I think probably the biggest thing is, is uh, so many times where uh, some of the media would suggest that the president was not listening to counsel or that he was uh, dogmatic in, in his position. 
and and how he pushed back on that. And one of the particular examples I share uh, is really with uh, regards to Afghanistan. Uh, the the president, probably more so than any Republican president that I uh, I can remember. Uh, wanted to make sure that we don't stay in these endless wars and that we come bring our, our fighting uh, men and women and service members back home. And and so he had looked at a withdrawal and, and had had that uh, planned out uh, with, with Secretary Esper and General Milley. Uh, General Milley, as you know, continued to give advice to Joe Biden. But then we contrast that with what actually happened in this administration and uh, and share the behind the scenes the fact that 13 service members didn't have to die and uh, and, the, and the plans that are there but a, a lot of times uh, the media wants to portray it one way uh, when the facts of the matter are very different yeah you mentioned also um, there were personnel people in his administration that worked against him do you uh, like who yeah yeah, well, I mean, uh, honestly, some of that was Secretary Esper at the Department of Defense. I highlight that. Uh, you actually have uh, a number of people uh, within, uh, even within the West Wing, that would share uh, stories about what supposedly was you know, was happening. And and I can remember one particular example where I'm talking to a reporter and they say, well, we're we have good sources that say that it happened exactly this way. And I said, well, uh, I'm I'm sitting with the only other good source in uh, that was actually in the meeting and they didn't talk to you. So I'm not sure who you're talking to. And so we, we try to uh, to share how some of the the quote fake news and it was not a, a term I ever used until I went to the White House. Uh, then I found a lot of the White House correspondents, uh, they would take an anonymous source versus a, a uh, White House source that was willing to go on a record if it was salacious and willing to go forward. I talk a little bit about the Russia hoax and, and what happened there and what didn't happen. Uh, John Durham's uh, most recent uh, 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 indictment actually starts to uh, shed a little bit more light on that. All of that coming home uh, hopefully will make for an interesting read. So, and I've talked a little bit about this over the last week, the uh, the Durham investigation and how this is falling apart and people are realizing the extent to which this uh, story was concocted. And um, so I guess I, could, I should just ask you, do you think that the intelligence community laundered this story that they ran an op on President Trump and his campaign and his family? Yeah, well, I, as you know, because you and I talked about this previously, uh, I was one of the few people that suggested that indeed that that President Trump's campaign was spied upon. Uh, I, I think that the uh, there were people within the intelligence community uh, that certainly allowed for that to be weaponized. Uh, it, it was actually not just. Uh, you know, the Hillary Clinton campaign and feeding information to this group or that. But there were signs that would indicate uh, from an intelligence standpoint that we knew that it was not accurate. I mean, the ability of, of the U.S. intelligence to be able to tell what is going on or not going on should should frighten most civil libertarian uh, uh, minded people. And yet, uh, when we look at this, uh, it, it it was dangerous the way that we allowed some within the intelligence community and the Department of Justice 
to allow it to continue, and hopefully the whole truth will come out in the coming uh, weeks and months. And I'm also, I'm sure the irony is not lost on you watching President Biden, um, having heard all of the criticisms against Trump at the time. I recall that he's mentally unfit for office, that his kids are profiting from his dad's tenure, that he's an authoritarian, and now you see Biden... And uh, he's kind of doing all of those things that people accuse Trump of doing. And I just I'm I'm kind of curious if that is if that is lost on you or not or you notice it. Well, it's not lost on me. And I think the interesting thing for your listeners and the people that are tuned in right now, uh, all the things uh, that oftentimes President Trump got accused of uh, uh, had a genesis somewhere in in having. Uh, someone else actually do it. And the very fact that, you know, we're defending artwork being so sold by Hunter Biden, uh, and we're defending contacts with Ukraine and China, and uh, at the same time asking what Joe Biden's favorite flavor of ice cream is, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it is not lost on me that there's two standards in Washington, D.C. Uh, and, and so if, if there's so many accusations that keep getting thrown one way, you you need to oftentimes look and see if they're guilty of what they're throwing. So if the uh, if the book thing doesn't work out, uh, yeah. maybe do some artwork. Maybe uh, take Listen, to blowing I, paint I could, through a straw. I, I think right. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get a dime for artwork, and actually the only reason why I'm hopeful that people will go out and buy the Chief's Chief is not because of the financial uh, message that it sends. I want to send a message to the left that uh, that there still is uh, a market out there for someone who's willing to say nice things about President Trump, and hopefully we'll send a very clear message there uh, at the end of the day, even if it doesn't make a dime, you and I will both be able to talk about things in the future, about our love for the country, and uh, the fact that we need to protect those freedoms and liberty. Mark Meadows, the uh, former chief of staff for President Donald Trump, former congressman from North Carolina, and the author of The Chief's Chief. You can pick it up uh, at uh, Barnes & Noble uh, pretty soon, right? So uh, December 7th, I want to say it's coming out? It is coming out, available for pre-order now, and so let's send a clear message. Uh, it will be available for Christmas gifts, uh, but don't send those 70 people in to your Into the Noble. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the way they do it. Yeah, that's the way they're doing it in San Francisco now, I see. So, I yeah, you know. <laughs> Hopefully they'll pay for it. We'll see. All right. Uh, Mark, great to talk with you, sir. Take care, and happy Thanksgiving to you and the family. Same to you. Thanks. Happy Thanksgiving, Pete. Take care.